I jokingly sometimes say I'm a translator, right? Um, I, I'm surrounded by and listen to and talk to engineers, architects, uh, devs all day long. And then I try to translate that into, okay, let me grok this. And how do, what does this mean for the business? Hey everybody, Brian Hoagley here. Welcome back to CISO Life. Very excited again, as I always am. And I just realized I say that in every single one of these because I am excited about this show. I'm always excited about who we get to talk to. Uh, Dutch Schwartz joins us today from, and we're going to ask him where he's from because I'm not sure. I'm thinking Texas, but I'm probably wrong. Although based on uh, geographic location, probability-wise, if I guessed Texas from a landmass standpoint within the U.S., I'm guessing I might be right, but we'll find out. So uh, Dutch, welcome to the show. Was I right? Are you hailing from Texas? No, I grew up in Illinois. Ah, right. Illinois. Illinois Good. Eight. Yeah. Well, yeah. What part? I actually, um, I went to middle school and high school just outside of Chicago. Okay. Yeah. So the Northwest corner, so like the rural part, right. Of North of Northern Illinois. So about like an hour and a half West of Chicago. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. So, you know, yeah. yeah. Because we just call, Saxons, we just so. call the city, right. So it's right. just the city. <laughs> Everything's yeah. the city though, right. Like there's from the lake to oh, yeah. all the, like, I think it's from what, from like the lake to Rockford is pretty much what you guys would consider the city. All exactly. Yeah. So as soon as you get past Rockford, then that's just the city. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh man. So, um, you know, thanks for thanks for coming on. Um, yep. you know, we we uh we we set this up a little while ago, and and I'm I'm glad we got to to touch base. You know, I follow a lot of your content on um on LinkedIn, and uh, you know, really interesting. And not only your direct content, but also your cameo appearances and shout outs by the, uh, um, uh, by David Spark, which, uh, which I find interesting, but not so much just the, 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 I think the, the number of times, but, um, you know, your points and like your views on stuff and that he's picking up on that, um, obviously worthwhile. So if nobody's out there, uh, you know, tune into, uh, to what Dutch is talking about and some of the things that, you're pretty much writing. You've got to be, I think David should just kind of pretty much pick you up as a writer now for his show. I mean, it's at that level, right? Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a ton of fun. And to be fair, like the first few episodes, there was probably less steep competition, right? Uh, there was less of us, but now there's like 120 people on and it ends up, I think, being the highlight of, of many of our Fridays, right? Is uh, it's a fun way to wind down and it's, it's a good mix of, of learning and fun at the same time. Truly. I, that's, that's, I think why everybody really enjoys it. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad to participate. Yeah. That's good. I mean, like, honestly, Friday seems like, you know, it, before COVID it was, you know, we were, we were having fun by wearing polos and khakis. Right. And that, that was our way to like kick back. Now, most of us are right. lucky if we're wearing pants um, for most of the day. But uh, Fridays seem to be like a good way to just kind of get into the weekend. And yeah, just there seems to be a lot of good content and discussions that are happening on Fridays. And um, it's good to kind of see, you know, it's uh, I don't think before all this we were everyone was just like hard charging on like talking about everything on edge, every possible yeah. moment of every day. And now it's like, all right, this is our new normal. So we can get back to like Fridays being somewhat cool. How is it? How are we going to make it cool? Well, let's do it with uh, discussions. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think there's, I, I spoke with uh, somebody last week on that same topic of, have we learned to be a little more casual in, in a good way, right? And I think the answer is yes. You know, my very um, un, inelegant analogy was, look, if you grew up in a small town, like you, like you mentioned, 
we were used to you go to whatever you go to a restaurant or you go out and, and people's families would be there because this is their their life right their business right. and nobody's offended if a child ran across you know and then the first couple of weeks of of covid people were constantly apologizing i'm sorry you can hear my dog barking oh the doorbell rings because the you know the the package has arrived and so forth and right. people I, i'm glad to say people have stopped doing that right yeah um i'm sure we didn't want to like get on this get on here and talk about you know the social ramifications and impacts of COVID, although that is an interesting topic. Um, your your focus within cyber, you know, tell tell us about yourself. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say I have a non traditional path, but then when I think about it, that's maybe a majority of us, right? In, in yeah. a lot of ways. Right? So, so cybersecurity, IT in general, but, but certainly cybersecurity is less structured. Uh, particularly in the U.S., right, versus uh, Europe and some of you know, some some other cultures where it is still a little more structured. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that you'd like to put some context around. I mean, some of the most effective architects, engineers, just smart technical people I've worked with over the years, uh, maybe they had a degree in, in MIS, IS, IT, you know, something, but maybe not. And it's not necessarily a, an inhibitor. Um, so, cause people are really just looking for value. Like how, how can you help somebody? Right. And so there, there is sort of a, you know, a, a bare bones, but niceness to that, that it's just really matters of, can you impact change? And so, so in terms of, you know, kind of how I, I got in, um, I've told this story, it's in, it's in a book somewhere, um, but I sort of get in accidentally, which is what happens. Sure. Uh, so I was a military officer. Uh, I was interviewing for leadership roles, very normal you know type of approach. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend who, um, was also transitioning the same time out of the military. And she said, you know, I, I, I interviewed with this reseller and I, I think you'd be really good at that. And I said, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, what does that word mean? And so we talked about it a little bit and I was always a sort of a technology fan, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, um, I, and, and so I got in at a good time. It was the mid nineties, right. Where, where things were just rapidly exchange, you know, uh, changing. Over the years, what I've looked for is just interesting things where I can, you know, hopefully apply the leadership lessons learned, right, right. That, that I have in the year and bring that to cyber, right? So kind of with an, a lens of cyber, but but thinking about security, what that means. Because there's certainly people who are practitioners you know, like yourself with just tremendous amount of, of expertise. And uh, um, but, but what I do is try to say, what's this mean for the business? Right. right. How do we pull the business? And so I jokingly sometimes say I'm a translator. Right. Uh, I, I'm surrounded by and listen to and talk to engineers, architects, uh, devs all day long. And then I try to translate that into, OK, let me grok this. And how do, what does this mean for the business? Right. And how do we move that forward? Yeah. And that's I, that's I would say is probably like the quintessential role of a CISO. Right. Is to be the translator. You're not supposed to be the tech guy anymore. Ideally, large enough enterprise, you're probably got a team of tech people who are able to do that, but you should be having more business discussions around risk than IT. I've um, I've always been surprised by folks' view on crime and their inability to understand it. A lot of what we deal with is the same old con. It's just mm -hmm. in a different format or it's at a different speed. And I think when you look at or talk to law enforcement detectives specifically and how they deal with criminals, criminal intent, criminal minds, right. like the standard kind of things that that types of crimes of which we have a law and a punishment for most of them. And it's funny when you look at what happens with cybersecurity, 
those things when they happen will fit right underneath traditional criminal right. like names, right? And it's just like, oh, it's it's the same old con. It's the same old stuff. It's just you know, like you said, it's opportunistic and it's just, you know, manifesting itself in a different way. But what frustrates me is that everyone treats it as some brand new thing. It's like right. and I and I get I get this with I get this with some some younger folks and maybe even some kind of like hardened veterans in the sense it's like stop thinking we're really that special because we're not like we we could stand to really learn from the other people and the other areas that are ancillary to us right hr legal you know other professional groups on how and what they're doing start taking that into account with us we got to stop thinking that we're this like really really unique field out there on alone blazing a trail and it's like no we're adopting a lot of stuff from a lot of other people and we'd be fools if we if we didn't pay attention to kind of some of the areas that have like nailed this. Right. Uh, so, so two things to, you know, from what you just said stand out to me. So one is the behavioral aspect, right? So if you think about the analogy I used to give people when I talked about risk adaption or behavioral, just mm -hmm. analytics, general topic, what I would say to them is, you know, as somebody who had clearance previously, like, like many of us, right, in the military and the defense complex, it's the same things they look for year after year. Right. In other words, would you be at, would you be a risk? Right. It would change since we created that system. Again, the manifestation, but the motivations that would motivate you to make a small bad choice that leads to bigger bad choices down the road, it's right. the same. It has to change. It's the same categories we look at. So, human behavior. I tell my kids jokingly, you know, go read a Greek tragedy. Human behavior hasn't changed in sure. the last two thousand years, as far as I can tell. Right. right. So it manifests slightly differently. You know, for the times, but but it's, to your point, it's it's not unique. And and I say tongue in cheek, um, you know, unicorn security sometimes, and this is tongue in cheek on purpose, right? But you're right. There's sort of this there's this um, appreciation or view sometimes that it's unique. And, and I would even say, not only should we be learning from the other, you know, uh, core domains and functional areas, but also there's lessons learned we could draw from IT, right? So mm -hmm. having started in networking integration and then later storage, some of these same things, same waves of behavior happened then as an example i've had people say well no it's it's just security is always a cost and you can't it can never be a business enabler like it's a good like over beers kind of argument right to have and i'm like no we, we used to have the same discussion around networking yeah right and we finally realized that you know we had to change the way we thought about it and say okay what's the business aspect that it enables and then you can apportion that cost to the right place you right. know hey great you guys want to build this new building and do xyz cool uh, and you want this as the outcome, excellent. This is what it requires, right? And so you uh, said so you, you can make it a business table. You just have to rethink the starting point, right? Exactly. The um, I, I've had this conversation with uh, with clients who are product companies. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, stop thinking about everything that we're telling you you need to do and you want to go do as a, as a stumbling block. Start, you know, start using it, crafting it into the narrative and empowering your sales teams so that when they're going out there and selling to customers, they can inevitably answer the question, which will come up. How are you addressing privacy? How are you addressing security with your product? And you're not maybe using it as a talking point to lean in as a real sales edge, but right. you can use it to squash and squash the concern, address the issue that's at hand and move on to more important things. How do we provide value to the business? Because if the security is not the value to the business, then it's viewed as a detractor. How do you remove it from the equation? So security can be right, an enabler. Now that's 
probably front and center for product companies, not for say other firms. But I would beg to 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 think that the way that the world's going with everyone wanting to assess everybody else, it is a question that mm -hmm. is coming up at some level between a customer and a vendor. If it's not B two C, it's B two B. That question is going to come up at some point. You got to be ready to answer it. So how are you going to articulate that? How are you going to answer it? And you you know you've got to have your security narrative kind of ready to go. And you can't you can't come in being like, well, we didn't do that because it was going to cost too much. Like nobody yeah, ever no. takes that as an answer. <laughs> yeah. If you that works for you, let me know. Yeah. Right. Right. I'll uh, I'll I'll be sure to sign somebody else to try that. I would. Uh, oh man. I would. Oh, to be a fly on the wall with somebody. Imagine, imagine a CISO being forced by the business to, to be able to sit in front of a regulator and say, we decided not to do all the things you're expecting us to do because it would have caused us six months to get the market or it would have cost us too much money. Right. The regulator is going to sit there and be like, so you're shutting your doors when? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a funny story kind of on that same kind of topic where, where my team had recommended a particular solution. Uh, you know, based on what we understood the business case to be, and the, the 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 customer, the team chose to go another way, and then there was ultimately an issue. Um, mm -hmm. It was simple, simple. Just say it was around scaling. Let's just sure. call it that. Right. And um, this was a provider of TV services, and so I had to, you know, sort of stop and my, you know, grab one of my other smart guys and jump on planes, that kind of thing, right? Mm. And, New York City Monday morning at 8 a.m. and and you know and get yelled at for a few hours by CEO and CIO and team and finally we got to the point where I said okay so I'm here to help can we just say the yelling at Dutch portion is over like is super helpful I get it you're mad I understand that's why I'm here now let's talk about how do we you know how do we fix this right, right. and so this is my you know my my parents said from North Carolina my parents are from Wisconsin my grand my parents were all dairy farmers. And this is the old, like my grandfather saying, look, when the, when the cow gets out of the fence, people want to argue about why that happened. That's not the most important thing. The most important thing is put the cow back in the fence, right? Then fix the fence, then figure out why it happened. Right. right? That's the right order of events. So that was kind of the same thing I told, um, you know, this, this executive staff was, Hey, we made some recommendations. That's your prerogative, you know, to, to do what you thought was right. It, but you chose to go to plan B which we recommended against, and here's where we are. And there's a really, you know, long, awkward pause when he said, well, who made that choice? I'm like, well, was it me? Yeah. And he's like, oh, can you leave the room? I'm like, I would be happy to leave the room. Because <laughs> we already established that the yelling at Dutch portion is over for today. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, it's, I mean, you know, it's it's the business's risk to own, right? And it's, it I've, it's the CISO's role that, you know, whatever role you're in, to help them understand what that risk is in terms that they can understand, give them the right. options and let them decide. You know, I, I routinely get into that. It's like you walk in and it's like, I don't own anything here, guys. Like, right. I wish I did. And I've, I've done this. I'm like, I will gladly own this stuff. Give me the authority, the financial responsibility and the oversight. I will fix this issue. Right. You might not like it because I'm not thinking business first, because that's mm -hmm. not my prerogative. Like I'm charging in and this is this is what I'm going to go do. You're charging in and doing what you're doing because that's what your focus is. I'm here to consult you. That's the relationship it should be. It shouldn't it shouldn't be right. the other way around. You should not give me the reins. Um because it's it's different. It's a different approach. 
Security's not there yeah, for the business. I mean, you're the, you're the conciliar, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're the one who's providing advice, right? And, 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 and you know, informed, thoughtful, you know, right. advice, but still advice. And that's why I reframe it sometimes. But look, the, the, the cyber risk, while it's near and dear to our hearts, of course, like because we live it every single day, it's, it's just one type of risk, guys. Right, right. It's different than the risk of, of anything else. So, so to kind of ground people when they're on the high, you know, if they have, if they're, if they're public, I just pull out their, the Section 1A of their, of their annual report. And I say, here you go. There's seven risks in here, or maybe 10 sometimes, depending on the, and I go, and, and one or two or three are explicitly, right? Um, here's some implied ones, but explicitly cyber. The rest of them are normal business risks that you would learn <laughs> running the business or getting an MBA, right? And so sure. let's not over-rotate, right? Um, we have to understand where it is and what are the impacts. And to your point, um, explain it so that there's knowledge of what you're accepting, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, yep. We don't ever, so that's our kind of coaching, teaching, knowledge transfer part, right? To keep them informed, but ultimately it's the business's choice. Yep. Yep. Player coach role. That's, uh, that's, yeah. that's the one where, where I like to kind of sit. So listen, I know you got to well, get going. You're, you're gracious enough to give us uh, a good amount of your time today. I, I really appreciate you coming on any, um, any parting, uh, words of advice for, uh, for our folks out sure. there. Yeah. You'd, you'd ask the opener, you know, thoughts on, on, how do people go through their career? And so I would just simply say that uh, it's okay to it's okay and useful to have a background in something else, and it shouldn't it shouldn't slow you down, right? So if you're if you if you're in HR or operations or legal or finance or maybe even just related, like you're in IT but in some other aspect of IT, don't let that be an inhibitor. Take all of that value and bring it over with you, because at the end of the day, it's people solving people problems, right? Right, and. And that doesn't change, right? So you can learn the technology. I can, we can teach you Python, right? We can teach you how to do a MITRE attack framework. Those are all teachable events, right? But uh, leverage whatever experience and skills you have um, and bring those because we need, we need more ideas. We need new approaches. So, so don't, don't be concerned that I don't have 10,000 hours of scripting experience. That's some people do leverage those, right? That, that applies. But, but use all of the, all the, all of the uh, skills that you can bring um, cause they're valuable. I love it. I love it. Now we just got to work on the, uh, the recruiting side of things to have them see that light of day. And we're, uh, Completely we're, we're going to solve the, uh, the cyber, uh, talent debt issue. Dutch, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And, uh, I'll see you around on LinkedIn. Anybody out there, uh, follow Dutch Schwartz on LinkedIn. Um, this is Brian yeah. Hoagley. Uh, yeah, thanks man. Um, Brian Hoagley here. Thanks for watching CISO Life. Uh, Hopefully everybody's doing well, staying safe, keep your head up, go enjoy a Friday off, man. Go, uh, go do something crazy. Get, uh, go find the virtual water cooler. I don't know what it is, but uh, get out there and, uh, you know, keep on keeping on. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again. Bye.